This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friend. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants. For the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you. That you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask of the father in my name... He may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. For a few moments, we want to talk on the subject, all in the love. All in love. All in love. All in love. All in love. We're just going to push forward, man. We're just going to push forward. All in, all in love. Uh, there is a quote that I need, to, I need you to read some of our School of Ministry students. Where are my School of Ministry students at, y'all? My School of Ministry alumni. School of, hey. <laughs> the next class is coming, and we're about to turn it up, y'all. It's going to be exciting. You can be excited about this next class. It's going to be great. Um, in School of Ministry, I, I, I introduced them to a, uh, a Dutch philosopher named Soren Kierkegaard. He only lived about 42 years. He only lived about 42 years, but uh, his anthologies on love and philosophy and ethics are, I mean, are, are uh, some of the most widely sought after. Listen to what Soren Kierkegaard, who lived in the 1800s, uh, he, was, he was born somewhere around 1813, uh, died really... Uh, 1855, so he, he, he did not live long, he did not live long at all, uh, but in his short span of living, the Lord gave him some amazing insight. Listen to what Soren Kierkegaard says concerning love. Listen to this. He says, love is the expression of the one who loves, not the one who is loved. Those who think they can love only the people they prefer do not love at all. Love discovers truth about individuals that others cannot see. Screenshot it. He says that it is an expression of the one who loves rather than the one being loved. If you think you can only love those whom you desire to love. That's not really love at all. My God, this, it's puzzling to the mind that love, love causes us to discover truths about individuals that others cannot even find out. The reality is many of us, we are suffering in our relationships today. Because we don't love each other in the way that God has called us to love one another. See, most of us got eros. We got storge. 
<laughs> For those who are really, really deep in it, you got mania. That's that crazy in love. But the love that is presented in this text today, oh, look it up, Greek word, mania is where we get the word maniac from. Crazy in love. I think I've had all of those loves for Karen. <laughs> Y'all pray for me. Chris is here. She know I was stalking her and everything. You know, she, she didn't want to answer my calls, you know. Get red box. You know how I feel. Um, but the love that we are presented with in this text is, as I'm sure many of you already know, is agape. It is the unconditional, unprovoked, undeniable love. Unconditional, unprovoked, and undeniable. Unconditional because... No matter what the loved does, they have no conditions to meet to be loved. Let me pause right here and say, if you make people meet conditions to receive your love, you don't really love them. Unprovoked. It is a love that is not coached. It is a love that is not provoked. In other words, it is a love that is done by decision and not simply by desire. Because decisions that we make should be concretized in our mind, heart, and soul. Desires change according to the season that we're in. It is undeniable. In other words, even if you don't want it, you still can't deny it. Even if I don't want to love you anymore, I cannot deny the fact that because it has been given, it cannot be revoked. This is why John 3.16 tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why? Because his love for humanity could not be revoked. So he literally had to sacrifice his son so that he could make right the unrevocable love he had for humanity. I'm not trying to get too deep on family friends day. But it is to say that when you begin to love people with the agape love of God, you don't make them change. You change whatever you got to change on your side to make the love make sense. Oh, man, I know the gospel preached at the end of the sermon, right? I know. But, but God says, I love them too much. But because I'm so holy, because I'm so righteous, I can't engage with them. They're in sin. So what can I do to make right the love that I've already given to them? Well, you got to sacrifice. What is strong enough for me to sacrifice? Your son. 
Here it is. Verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone would lay down his life for a friend, which leads us into the next thing that we need to, that we need to lift up to you. Love is characterized by sacrifice. Don't tell me you love me. You don't sacrifice for me. Don't tell anybody you love them if you don't sacrifice for them. The only way you can prove that you love somebody is by the depth and the weight of your sacrifice. Greater love have no man than this, that he would lay down his life for a friend. Now, the question that is begged in this moment is what is God calling you to sacrifice for the benefit of somebody else? Jesus didn't get any benefit from laying down his life. He was already holy. He didn't need to come to the earth and die to become holier. He already had it. He did it for our benefit. Now the question to you Christians, you Christ-like people, what are you sacrificing for the sole benefit of somebody else? I'm not going to hang here long, but I need you to understand, you can't fix your lips to say you love somebody if you're not willing to sacrifice for them. Whether it be your time, whether it be your comfort, whether, whether, whether it be your position, whether it be your creature comforts, whether it be your family, your home, your space. I do believe that if the church just opened their own doors, the church could eradicate poverty in the church. Hear me, people of God. We're, 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 work, we're working on things, and, and at least in, in our space, we're working, on, we're working on some strong ways to, to eradicate poverty in, in our immediate context. And I'm believing God is going to open up the doors and make sure that we can do so. But remarkable to me, how much space we have. And let me, let, me, let, me just, let me just lay on this just for a second and then I'll move on. In certain seasons, we had no space. And we were more generous with the little that we had. But when God blesses us with more, we become less generous. Just me, huh? Okay. Verse 14. Remember, ask yourself, what am I sacrificing? Verse 14 says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. The Greek word there for command is intelio, which is where we get the, our English word intelligence. It, is, it speaks of the exchange of information. You cannot say that you are a friend of God if you don't listen to God. And you cannot prove your friendship with God if you refuse to do what God has told you to do. I don't think we have a problem with intelligence in the church. I think we have a problem with implementation. 
We got systems and plans. We hear words, especially in regards to the context of heavenly vision in particular. And, and many other churches, the prophetic graces in here, our babies dreaming dreams. And, I, and focusing inside and, and God is speaking to people and folk are having powerful conversations and, and, and all type of, of confirmation is coming forth. But the question is, what happens on Monday? He says, you are my friend if you do what I command you. In teleo, if you take what has been said and implement it into your life. Here's where we're going to make a difference. We're going to do something crazy and we're going to actually do what God say. And so we, we prayed over indecision this week. We, we're not going to be indecisive on tomorrow. Mm-hmm. When we get them texts after church, we're going to make it very clear. We ain't even going to respond to text. We're going to call them. Look, I went to church today. <laughs> That's how a lot of, a lot of conversations go <laughs> A lot of those conversations go start. I was at church while I was in worship. The man of God said, <laughs> the pastor said, bishop said, <laughs> that short dude with a gap said, you know, the dude that took his shoes off and was dancing crazy. He said, however you need to communicate it. Now is the time that you intelio, that you, that you take the command and that you do what he says because every, 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 everybody wants to claim these blessings that are in this text and most certainly before we get out of here, I'm going to speak them over your life and they are yours for the keeping. But you have to understand that every blessing that is scripted in the Bible comes with a condition. There's something you have to do to gain the bequeath of that blessing. And he says, you will be my friend. You will go from servanthood to friendship if you do what I say. If you do what I say. Now, here's going to be the test this week. I declare it in the name of Jesus, even those watching via stream, God is going to speak to you in a very particular way this week to test your friendship. Y'all talk to me for a second. How many of you were still, <laughs> I love, I love it, still fooled with folk that never did anything you said? That never heeded your wisdom? That never heeded your advice? Like you literally told them exactly what to do. They don't do it and then come and complain to you because they didn't do what you told them to do. And now they expect you to clean up the mess that they made by disobeying your instruction. Fool, why? I told you, now you want to inconvenience me, you want to cause me to dig into my savings account, you want to use the last bit of gas I got in my car, you're going to come and take all my Friday night, got to cancel my date. You, 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 wouldn't, you wouldn't classify them as a true friend. You would classify them as a liability. And too many of us, we have become a liability to God. And this is why we stay in a place of servanthood. Not that we should ever stop serving, but there should be a place in God that we get to where we stop needing instruction. 
He said, if, if you're going to keep doing that, then I can't give you, here it is, I can't give you inheritance whereby you can make your own decisions on what you do with it because I don't trust your decision making. And this is why some of us are only getting hand-fed our blessings. This is why some of us are still living, okay, amen, Lord, paycheck to paycheck. And he making, it, he making the ends meet. But you trying to figure out where the abundance. Because he said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And I came to prophesy to somebody, abundance is on the other side of your obedience. My God. I hear God saying, if you just obey me one month, I'll make it to where you won't even have. Mm, I hear God saying this. I hear God. I don't know. I don't know who needs to hear this. Me, John, and maybe 17. I don't know. Whoever needs to hear this, I believe God. If you, I hear God saying, if you obey me one month, I'll, I will bless you to the degree that you can put them bills on auto pay. Now, somebody just blessed God right there because you know what that means. That means that the money is already there. And I hear God saying, I'm about to push some of you into the place on the other side of your obedience that you ain't even got to worry about it. Because there is abundance. It's on the other side of your obedience. 15. He says, no longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friend for all that I have heard from my father. I have made known to you. You got to thank God for what's going on in this place. There was prophetic insight. There was wisdom going forward. There was a divine exchange of information in the heavens going on. God says, listen, I can't give you revelation if you're still just a servant. But when you grow to friendship with me. When you grow to friendship, I will then put you in a place to where everything that the Father is doing, watch this, before it manifests, I'll give you insight of it. Jesus had friendship with the Father. This is why the Bible says, for the glory set before him, he endured the agony of the cross. And I believe that God is getting ready to bring some of you, and I pray the majority, if not all of us, to the place to where we will begin to walk in friendship with God so much to the degree that we will be able to see the very reason why we're going through the hell that we're going through. So much to the degree that we will know exactly why we got that phone call, and we will no longer trip over the small stuff because God will allow us to be divine chess players, and we'll see the checkmate on the other side, and we'll be able to walk through every pace why are you not crying because I know the outcome why are you not tripping because I know it's already done why are you not worry you applying you're not worried that they're not gonna reject you no because I already see myself walking across the stage oh where my friends at yo you you you, you, you wouldn't even know if she's going to be faithful to you. You, you, you plan a wedding? You going to put a ring on her finger? Yeah, because I already seen us old together. You going you you to leave this study paycheck and step out and do this, this venture? Yeah, because I already seen myself employing other people. 
wish I had somebody who, who is a friend of God in here that says, I believe God that he's, as I obey him, he's going to give me wisdom. He's going to give me insight. He's going to show me exactly what to do. He's going to show me who to talk to. He's going to show me what phone calls to make. He's going to show me what emails to send. He's going to show me what to put on. He's going to show me what meeting to take. He says, I'm going to show you everything, everything that the Father has told me. I'm going to tell you. Some of y'all about to walk into an, uh, an uncommon level of grace because God is about to give you the inside track to the life you're living. Oh, I wish I had somebody that lived that thing out. Whoa! He said, he said I'm about to give you the, in, I'm literally about to give you the inside track of your own life. I'm literally about to fast forward you. Come on, where are my prophetic people in? I'm literally about to push you into your own future and then pull you back and make you wake up happy. I'm going to show you the house you build and make you wake up in that apartment rejoicing. You're going you go, you, you to wake up on their floor having a vision of your floors. Woo, okay, all right. I'm, I'll take that. I'll put it in my own pocket. Because I remember. I'm not telling you nothing I didn't hurt. I'm telling you what I'm living through. You walk with him. You let your ways please him. And he'll give you a preview of everything that he's going to do for you. And there will be so much grace in the preview that you will put up with the hell that you got to deal with in the present. Because you got a revelation of the future. Ooh. But let me help this. In order for us to have good relationship with other people. They have to be based on revelation. Revelation. Listen to me. Too many of us deal with people. Ah, thank you, Holy Ghost. According to what we heard about them. Okay, y'all gonna get real quiet. Like y'all ain't never. Okay, okay. Some of, some of y'all, the first time y'all met me, you was tentative because of what you heard about me before you got here. Come on, tell the truth in the church. You're like, I don't know. Hello. How are you, man? You know, God bless you. But I pray that your real relationships, and here's the reality. We, we won't always have a myriad of friends. Facebook lied to you. You do not have a thousand friends. It lied. Lied. That was a, it's a, a lie, Stephen. Those are not all your friends. I love how Bishop Emil Hall, he'll say, hello, Facebook acquaintances. <laughs> I love Bishop Hall. I love him. He's like, good, good afternoon, my Facebook acquaintances. That's all they are. And this is why you can't be mad at people who, who friends on Facebook <laughs> and then they try to engage you in real life. You're like, uh, I don't even. We friends on Facebook. That's not a real thing, guys. <laughs> like, cool it, all right? I don't even know where you've been. <laughs> I like three of your pictures. Calm down. <laughs> but the real relationships you have in your life, I pray that God gives you revelation of those people. 
Now, here's, here's the heavy part of that. Sometimes God will give you revelation of other folk that he hasn't even given them about themselves yet. This is why a lot of my relationships and even, even my wife, a lot of the other relationships that we have, they're very strained. Because when we've positioned ourselves in God, we have no choice but to get uncommon revelation about people. And so when I talk to you, I talk to you according to what God has shown me about you. And then, watch this, if I'm not careful with my humanity, I get mad because your right now is not lining up with the revelation that I had of you. And if I'm not careful, I will, I will reclassify you because your reality doesn't line up with your revelation. And this is why we have to be mature in relationships. You got to grow up to have friends. You got to be a grown up to be in people's lives. Don't come and try to be in my life and you all immature and you can't take my hard tongue. Don't, don't try to be my friend if you can't carry me some days. I challenge you to weigh every person in your life before you call them your friend. They're going to catch it, DeMarcus. Come, come get on this proverbial scale. Are we going to be friends? Come get on this proverbial scale because there may come a day and time where I got to carry yourself. And so I just need to know that I have the emotional capacity to carry you as my friend. And this is why if you flip out with me and we can't be friends no more, I question if you ever were my friend in the first place. Because if me acting funny causes you to stop being my friend, then that means you ain't really love me. You'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who I've ever called friend that I not love right now. That I won't carry right now if necessary. The reality is, is that it's, it goes both ways. Because if you want somebody to carry you in hard times, you got to be willing to carry them the same way. And then if they're not friends, just... Be honest. Be very honest. Don't, don't be under any false pretenses. But he says, he says, I call you friend because everything that the Father has made known to me, I make known to you. Here's what I'm declaring over your life. I'm declaring that God is going to give you divine revelation and insight concerning each other. That you're going to see one another and you're going to know one another. This week, when y'all sit down to lunch, it's going to be different. That next dinner y'all have is going to be different. That next conversation y'all have via text is going to be a little deeper. Y'all going to be on talking about food. Y'all going to be on talking about, you know, where we're going and what we're doing. There's going to be a depth to your engagement. Why? Because God has given you revelation about one another. How many of you even want that? Because some folk are like, nah, I'm good. I don't want to see nothing else. But it's necessary. Hear me. I'm, 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 I'm about to dismiss. It's necessary because this is the way God taught us to love one another. 
This is the way God loves us. Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you so that your faith doesn't fail. And when you've been converted, go and strengthen your brethren. How many people have you classified as a Judas that was really a Peter in your life? And the reason why Peter is not there for you right now is because instead of praying for them, you ostracized them. You did Judas to them. Get out. Go away. I don't love you. I don't want to deal with you. Every person that does you wrong is not Judas. Some of them are Peter. And let's dig in this before I leave you. And here's the reason why when Jesus got back to the disciples, he said, go get Peter too. Because Peter, watch this, Peter and Jesus were real friends. You want to know why? Because Peter was the first one to have a revelation of who Jesus was. Connecting the dots. Peter was a real friend because Peter had revelation, even though he didn't do right by him all the time. He knew who he was. And there are some people that some season they may not do us right. But if they know you, stick it out. Some of y'all go call somebody today and be like, listen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I made a mess of these. I was mad at you. You, wouldn't, you didn't show up when I wanted you to show up. And indeed, there were some times where Peter didn't show up when Jesus wanted him to show up. But he still said, that's my friend. He still said, that's my brother. And I'm calling some of you right now to make some divine reconciliations this week. Notice what he says in the last statement. He says, you did not choose me, but I have chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. That your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask in the Father's name, he will give you. Here it is. Here it is. Our asking of the Father is based on the production and the abiding of our fruit. Don't miss what I just said. Ask whatsoever you will and it shall be done unto you. And we run with that and we start asking for things. And as James says, we ask amiss. Why? Because we don't have the grounds to ask God for anything. He says, I'm going to make you a real friend. I'm going to make you productive. And I'm going to make sure that your fruit that you produce abides, that, you don't, that your stuff doesn't spoil quick. So that in the season where you have to ask the Lord for something, he can, he can immediately make it happen for you. Some of us, our prayers or the answers rather to our prayers are delayed because we don't have enough relation, relational equity with the Father to get it sooner. He says, I need you to get locked into what I told you to do. Follow my commands because as you follow my commands, you're going to bear fruit and the fruit that you bear is going to abide so that when the Father hears your request, he doesn't, he doesn't look at your need. He looks at the fruit you've bared. I'm getting ready to dismiss, guys. Listen to me. I, I couldn't hoop through this because I need you to hear this soberly. 
Listen, when you ask the father for anything, he's going to look at the fruit you bear. You have bore. When you ask him for something out of the ordinary, when you ask him for something outside of daily bread, I don't know about anybody else. Anybody in here got some requests that go beyond the daily bread? I'm like, Lord, I'm trying to build a trust fund. God, I'm trying to build an endowment. God, I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> trying to do some stuff. <laughs> trying to set up a few things. And in order for that to happen, now some people say I'm preaching prosperity. No, I'm teaching you how to walk in alignment with the word of the Lord. He says, if you ask me for anything outside of daily bread, I'm going to look at your fruit. I'm going to look at whether it's abiding or not. And if there is no fruit, or if there is fruit that does not abide, then you will be hard-pressed to get the abundance from God. But he says, if I, if I get you right, if I teach you how to manicure all your relationships, if I, treat you how to, if I teach you how to treat other people, if I treat you how, teach you how to be a friend to God, then when you put an ask on the table, Here's the scripture says, you've asked a hard thing, but be it done according to you ah, as your faith dictates. And I believe I have, I have some people in here that are getting ready to ask God for something big. This is why I got to preach this, elder. Some of you are getting ready to ask God for something huge. And in order for that thing to be done, you got to have fruit that's abiding in order for it to take place. And so the way we do it, here's the fast track. Begin to love with agape love and begin to manicure your real relationships according to Revelation. Begin to live out the love of God. Look at verse 17. These things I command you so that you will love one another. In summation, love is not a choice. It's a command. How many times have you decided who you would love? He says, I am commanding you to love. Come on, we was just shouting, y'all. We was just, come on, do we need to do that? It's not a choice whether you're going to love them or not. He didn't say love the people that deserve your love. He didn't say love the people that are lovable. Look her, look her. He, you got to love them. Now, your love for them will dictate what you need to do for them. But anything you do for somebody outside of your love for them, you will not get a reward for. You do it out of obligation. You do it simply because somebody said so. You do it out of embarrassment. There's no blessing behind that. But I pray now in the name of Jesus 
that every one of you will begin to get a divine revelation of who the, who the people are in your life and that you would walk according to the will of God and that you would love them the way Christ loved you. And you will see a divine difference in your life. You will see the Lord respond to your request in a brand new way. Is anybody getting this revelation? Is it making sense? Is, is, is this changing the context of any of your relationships? If God puts you in each other's life, if God puts you in that scenario, if God puts you all together, you got to figure out how to love one another. I, had, I was working with my media team, and I had some song snippets. One was going to be uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire's Love Holiday. I love's holiday. I was going to play it at the top. Would you mind? And at the end, at the end, I was going to play Little Wayne's How to Love. There's some folk trying to steal your heart. Could never figure out how to love. Listen, I'm praying that God would correct your context of love so that he will, he will teach you in, in the words of our dear brother Lil Wayne how to love. Because I believe some of us, and, and some of us have just done it out of ignorance. We've been loving wrong for the majority of our life. Because we, we've always been taught that love was an emotion. And we had to feel it. No, love is a decision, honey. Love is a determination. And when we make it, we have to be held accountable to it. So, Father, I pray for my brothers and my sisters under the sound of my voice. Father, I pray for their life. I pray for their relationships. Father, I pray for their love. I pray now in the name of Jesus that you would teach them how to love. I pray, Father God, that you would show them how to love like you love. That you would allow the agape love of Jesus Christ to be manifest in every one of our hearts. And that we would have divine revelation of those who you have called to be our brother to be our sister, to be our friend. And Father, I pray that in regard to us being obedient to your commands and bearing abiding fruit, that we will be able to make divine requests and we will see it happen. Father God, I'm believing you that divine things are going to begin to manifest here that we didn't even imagine possible, but because we know how to love, love made it possible. So let the supernatural ensue in response to our love and our fruit in one another's lives. And so we declare it to be done, and it is so, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Anybody here from the Lord today? Praise the Lord.